I really want to start with hello for some reason. You can say hello. You do you do whatever you want to do. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Robot Factory. I am one of your hosts, Caleb Sharp. And I'm the other host, Jonathan Bowers. <laughs> Good intro, uh, Caleb. Nicely done. Thank you. This is episode nine. Well, mm, eight. Not sure. Seven. Well, who knows? Some of these other episodes, I might, I might collapse. This might be episode three. Who knows? Ah, who kn- we do have billing set up now, so yeah. Theoretically, so, there's nothing stopping us from just making heaps of cash at this point. Heaps of money. Like Scrooge McDuck levels of cash. Just a big pool of coin that we dive into. Coin specifically, I, I set it up so we can only get paid in loonies. Nice. So yeah, we've but we've got billing set up, which which ended up being not that hard, right? It was maybe, how much work, how much effort did you think that take? Well, I think we actually, we talked about this. I tried to guess how much effort it oh, would be. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I think I said one day and then I said two, just in right. case. Two, just in case, one um, to two days. I think the, the, the guts of it ended up being that amount of effort. I yeah. think it was a lot more complex than I thought it was going to be. But I don't think yeah, I Yeah, because there's, some, edge, there's some funny edge cases. Not edge cases, but like stuff we've never really... Uh, done this before <laughs> like we've worked on lots of products but we tend to just hand them off to people and they yeah either do invoicing some other way or whatever um but it's kind of the first time we've we've really integrated with stripe and yeah like, we've never the, really had like revenue directly from consumers yeah that's product. right yeah i mean what what were some of the some of the challenges that you hadn't really anticipated which i'm well, sure if we were to like talk to somebody like they would say mm, yeah this is kind yeah. of obvious <laughs> yeah I mean, in hindsight, it's like, well, obviously, <laughs> but it's a good thing to know and to have figured out, especially specifically with Stripe, how to do it. Um, but it's mostly with subscriptions and how subscriptions work, because I guess, I don't know, I just assumed subscriptions could either like exist or not exist, but there's mm-hmm. like a lot more states that you can have for subscription. You can have a subscription that is active and recurring. There can be a subscription that's active um, but it's going to expire and not recur. You can have a subscription that's expired. Yeah. And you have the ability to resubscribe. You can have a subscription that's canceled. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of states. And some of them are harder to deal with than others. For the most part, Stripe makes it pretty pretty easy to deal with, which is nice. Yeah. And it still does all the heavy lifting of actually like collecting the money, which is really yeah, that's the, the hard part. Because if, if something goes weird with a subscription, I mean, we could, we could just manually fix it. So yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. There's like an account page now. It's you can thankfully all the billing management is handled through Stripe, so I didn't uh, have to implement all of that cuz that, yeah. that's a lot. There's a lot of stuff you just don't have to do. We thought we could get away with uh using this feature in Stripe called payment links. Um but that that ended up being not quite quite what we wanted. Um, yeah. So we just sort of integrated a little bit more tightly with Stripe, but that's fine. Um, I was amazed at how fast it was to set up a Stripe account. Like you were ready to do it. I said, "Give me some, give me some time. I'll go and focus on this this morning." Um, it, it is like the third time I've done this though, because we've got another product that we've set up a Stripe account. But um, I'm still not like super practiced at it, and I'm not sure that somebody is like this is what they do is just create Stripe accounts all day. So I don't know how <laughs> how much experience you can get from it. But it was fast. Like I, you know, punch in the banking details. I don't know how they verify that. They must already know it because it's the same banking details as our. We have other Stripe accounts, and so it's the same banking details. So I didn't have to go and verify anything. I'm pretty sure I had to do that wow. once before. Um, 
but yeah, you just punch in, just punch in some legal information, and it's just kind of ready to go. It took maybe half an hour, and yeah, it's just kind of done. So, so that's pretty slick. I have no idea how complicated it is to transfer these accounts around, but it is a separate Stripe account. That's not that's not the same account as um, when we invoice other customers for other things that we have that are completely unrelated to open house social. So we've got a separate, a separate account for that. So fingers crossed, we get acquired. It'll be really easy to just transfer this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was amazed just how fast it is to start this stuff up. It's super cool. I was reading, I was doing my best to understand if this is an intended use case. And it seems to be that like you create just separate Stripe accounts for different product lines. Even if you don't intend on uh, having them be acquired, it can just simplify a lot of things because one, you just sort of have, you know, a little bit more control to who has access, a um, little bit cleaner on the products when you're defining products and pricing and stuff. And they can all go back to the same bank account. You don't need like a separate bank account for each, for each Stripe account. So that was pretty sweet. I'm excited to get some revenue in there because at some point I want to also plug in those ch charting libraries that let you share revenue numbers publicly. I've been listening to a few podcasts of, uh, I can't remember the name of it. They were just acquired and uh, Anyways, they said that like you can do this with Stripe by itself. Like it has some metrics or analytics or something that you can you can I don't know if you can share them, but you can definitely look at them. And they said that they aren't very good, um, and theirs are better. I mean, of course they're going to say that, I suppose, but I, I believe it. And uh, like like Bear Metrics is is one example. I don't think they have sold, but anyways, like Bear Metrics is a, a service you can plug your Stripe account into, and then you get this this public dashboard that you can share. I hope that we can also share the. Uh, website analytics too. We've got that set up. We're using Fathom, which is cool because it's pretty privacy focused. So we don't have to have those silly warnings asking you to mm -hmm. accept things because we don't we don't really track anything. So I was also talking with a friend who who uh, runs a small agency, and so they do social media management for a real estate agent. He he had some interesting things to say. Like he he said that ultimately, like making these images isn't that hard because they he's very comfortable using Canva. Um, it takes like five minutes, five minutes of his time. But the thing he said, oh, he's, he, I asked him if he said, well, what if, what if you could just like make this all go away? Is that, would that be helpful to you? He's like, oh yeah, this, it's kind of like a pain in the butt. Like it's just, it's distracting. It doesn't take very long, but it's like, ugh, it's tedious and I don't want to do it. And it's only five minutes though. So I don't know how much that's worth to him. But the thing that he said was, was a real pain was actually getting the information from the customer, like from the real estate agent about what to post. And so he gets the images and he said, it's hard to like get them to write the writing. Mm, and like so the, like the, the actual content for, yeah, the like the caption or not the caption, but yeah, like when you, you don't like, just yeah, post the description. Images. Yeah. Yeah. The description or the, the, like on Facebook, I think it's just called the post, like the, the body yeah. of the content. It's hard to get that. And, um, coincidentally, I also got access to, uh, Dolly. The, this week and was playing with that and like really having fun time generating generating art and then I was poking around with GPT-3 which is this other so Dolly is a um, AI generated art if you don't know what it is just go look it up D-A-L-L-E I think mm -hmm. um, and then one of their other products this AI company is GPT-3 I don't know what that stands for but it's a it's a natural language um, tool so it can it can create create writing for you you can just give it prompts and sort of tell it what to do and it generates this stuff. And so I was playing around with generating um, descriptions of listings 
by just sort of bullet points. Like just, I just like type in some bullet points of what was there, like three bedrooms, where it was located, what it was located near. That's it. And then told told uh, GPT three to generate a um, uh, property listing description for it for Facebook, and it produced like some really good results. So I like I I really want to plug this in <laughs> to the app because. He said that's like one of the biggest problems is trying to come up with this content. And so, I don't know. It feels like, like it wouldn't be hard to wire that stuff up. Yeah. And I think it'd be super cool. Because I don't think I've seen like an actual like kind of bis- business use case for GPT-3 that actually like doesn't seem super gimmicky. Well, I mean, I think I, I've, I've seen lots. Like there's, there's a lot of really cool tools out there that I think... Um, work really well like but it, it's like exactly solving a specific thing that people are annoyed with it's not like yeah. a weird way of solving it or like a roundabout way of solving it. it's like it it's literally exactly what your friend asked for people don't want to so, do it because it's hard yeah. it's it's frustrating because it's it takes up time and it it's yeah tedious yeah so i kind of want to explore adding some of those features we're not going to do them right away i think we need to get some get some people like at least trying the thing out and giving some, some feedback and then tease tease out some of that some of that idea of adding ai to it um but it looks phenomenally easy <laughs> like it's yeah. it's almost offensively easy to add this um based on based on uh just a little bit of reading i was doing around how the api works so i'm keen i'm keen to explore that a little bit I mean, one of the reasons I was using Dolly was to generate. I was playing around with generating different cover art for our podcast, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share those because um, they're they're super fun. They're very impressive. Um, I'll share those in the in the show notes. Um, but so since talking with uh, my buddy who runs the agency, he sent me a few um, a few real estate agents that he uh, manages. And so one of the things that I've noticed in and then I've started poking around in a few different real estate agents' social media presence is it's not always pictures of listings like sometimes it's pictures of listings sometimes it's also like little tips as like big sort of uh, i don't know how to describe it, it was like a like on, if i look at someone's instagram page it's like pictures of interesting things and then occasionally like a quote <laughs> or a, a a little bit of advice or something yeah and so i thought i thought that was interesting i don't know if we want to do anything about that but the other thing that i noticed is they're rarely posting single images it's almost always um many, many photos, right? Like it does, I, and I agree with that. It doesn't make sense to just post a picture of the outside of the house. Like they're posting a picture of the outside of the house, the, you know, the bedroom, the dining room, the bathrooms, um, maybe not all of the photos, but at least, at least more than one. And I think, again, I don't think we should act on this just yet because it's just a suspicion or a hunch. I think that we'd want to be able to cater to that. So if a, if a real estate agent is uploading, say, five, six, seven images, um, how do we return those images to them or, or even just automate the posting directly? So they just upload some images and we like do the cropping, do the, um, do the template to, to get that image with their face and their logo and their phone number and stuff on it, maybe on the first one or maybe just on the last one. I don't know. Um, match it up with GPT-3 and get the nice description. It just posts straight to Instagram, um, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, whatever. Um, but also catering to that idea of having more than one image and making it like, I don't know, like as I'm looking through, as I'm looking through some of these images, as you scroll through the edge, the edge is strange sometimes. Like sometimes it's like, am I actually looking at 
a, a divider in the middle of the room or just because of the way the pictures kind of line up. Mm. I wonder if, if it's like, I wonder what it is that I'm actually looking at. And it makes me wonder if, if there's some interesting thing where we could like sort of tile them across and have like a little bit of overlap between images to one, like uh, it's a technique that we often use in when we're building apps to signal that you can you can swipe through something is we'll sort of tease out the fa or hint at the fact that there's something else over here. And so we'll like show you a little piece of it, like the left edge of it on the right side of your screen or something so that you know like, oh, there's something over there. I'm gonna slide over. Could we do something like that on Instagram posts? And so you could have the picture of like the main listing, but just slightly to the right of that is the hint that there's something else to slide through. And I know there's like indications in the Instagram UI that shows you that like, yeah, there's like more pictures here. You can see the little dots down there so you can, you can roll through, but could we make that even better? I don't know. Interesting idea. Yeah. I know what you're talking about though. The, there's no gap between pictures on Instagram when you swipe through. I think sometimes mm -hmm. people use that. They'll post, they'll take like a panorama or something and then cut it up. And then it looks kind of cool because it, it's. Like I like that. I think that's neat. Scrolling through one image. I think that's kind of cool. And but I think you could. I think you could do that in a way that's a little bit more deliberate about the fact that these are actually separate images, not not a single image that is cut up into smaller pieces that you're scrolling through. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think Instagram users have trouble knowing when there are multiple images or not, because, like you said, there is UI in Instagram. No, I suppose not. But um, even still, like, like I found myself as I'm scrolling through that that post, sort of wondering, am I looking at the edge of a photo or am I looking at a weird wall divider in the middle of the room? Because they were they were they were pictures of rooms, and often it was like on the right side of the one picture was a wall, and then the left side oh, of the I picture, see. right next to it, was a wall. It was like some non-Euclidean geometry of a house. Yeah, am I shooting like directly at the wall, <laughs> the corner of a room? Like, what is this? And it was just, it just like it just just jarred me momentarily. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I wonder, I wonder what this this would look like if it was a little bit more deliberate and like clearly defined. And then I think it also gives us some opportunity to add add some more, um, I don't know, some more some more words or some more decorative content or decorative imagery or something um, to just give it a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah. I think multiple images would be helpful. Yeah, and and giving giving the user some choice about how those will look when they're generated because I don't think it makes sense to generate them all using the using the template that we have currently. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't all have the real estate agent's face and logo and price and that kind of stuff. Like that that probably yeah. needs to be on one of the images. I, I think having different t like maybe pages would be a good word, but different different yeah, types pages. Yeah. of pa pages, I guess, so that yeah. like. I don't know. It adds a little bit of kind of authorship and creativity for like a real estate mm -hmm. agent or, or whoever's doing the social media to like pick and choose mm -hmm. what, what they want to do. So it doesn't yeah. feel so ro roboted. Yeah. And I also think like the other, uh, a couple of other things that I noticed, well, one thing that, that he shared with me was um, his client shared with him that they get compliments all the time from their real estate agent friends about how great their social media page looks like. And so he, like, he's trying to turn that into referrals, but, but people really compliment this, this, uh, this real estate agent on the way their social media looks. And so I think that's like, I think that's an interesting, I don't know. That's an interesting point of pride, right? Like to be like, have people say, Hey, this looks really good. Right. I think that's, I think that's a nice feeling to try and create for people. So the other thing that I noticed is maybe this is just the example that he showed me because he's using a Canva template. 
it's not actually changing that much between posts and you really start to notice the lack of variety and so one of my fears is that the template that we have right now is going to be tiresome very quickly like after three or four posts it's going to be like okay ugh, I don't, I'm, t I'm sort of sick of seeing this like we've never actually taken the images that we've created and mocked them up as what it would look like on someone's instagram page if you go and look at it i bet it doesn't look very good <laughs> Even if, they're, even if they're sort of breaking it up with other pictures and other posts, I bet it looks repetitive and mm -hmm. unpleasant. Mm -hmm. So I, I think some variety and maybe a little bit more simplicity would be helpful. Yeah. What is the next thing? We have a hard deadline of we want to launch this thing absolutely no later than August the 11th, because that's when we're going to announce it to uh, a local group in Kamloops. I think we should try for sooner than that. How much more do we have to do? Like, what do we got to do? Like, we're kind of ready, right? Uh-huh. I Let's, let's do I it. I think, yeah, there's lots of, like, uh, ideas of things that we could still do, but I, I think it would be really easy for us to just keep adding features and have no yeah. users. And no, let's not do that. Never let's launch it. Users and... Let's launch it and then yeah. just start showing it to real estate agents. Yeah, um, I agree. Getting some feedback. I don't know deploy some changes and then I think we're good. Sweet. Do we have a way of actually letting them sign in to use it? Because I noticed on the landing page, there's no login button. There's no, Oh, <laughs> there's yeah. no like, so sign you have up. to, you have to guess. Yeah. You have to guess the URL. Okay. Maybe <laughs> a, maybe a sign up button is the one, one thing left to do. Um, we don't necessarily have to do that yet. We don't have to have that to launch because what, what I want to do is have people, um, get into the newsletter too. We've added a, a, a MailChimp newsletter. I'm going to try and um, try and craft some content that will entice people into the newsletter that will create value for just being part of the newsletter. And then as part of that, we can show how um, how using open house at social would be beneficial to them. But ultimately, like I want the newsletter to be valuable on its own. I haven't totally figured out what that's going to be, but I've got some ideas. Yeah, I guess we have the newsletter and then also the the free version of the form on the landing page. And then at some point, because you can sign up for account if you can find the URL. So it's just actually adding a link to it yeah. would be the next step. Well, that's the Robot Factory. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Our target demographic is moms. <laughs> Hey moms, do you have a son in tech and kind of want to know what they're doing? Well, if they're not going to share it to you, we will. We'll tell you what we're doing and we will be your adoptive son. <laughs> it, it, it solves the issue when people are like, what do you do for work? And you're like, uh, I don't really want to explain it. <laughs> Just subscribe Should to I, this podcast. <laughs> uh huh.